Hey folks, unfortunately Heathen was in the middle of a move when this coronavirus stuff hit and he kind of got stuck in his apartment as an empty apartment. So there's going to be a little bit of an echo, we're going to work on it for the next future episodes, but in the meantime, um, hopefully it's not too distracting and I think you're still going to like what we have on offer. Thanks for tuning in. Ah, Heathen man, it's getting crazy out there. People are getting scared. Do we, uh, do we have any words for him? You're right. These are these are stressful times, friends, but stick together and think about the Stoics and we'll get through it. Ah, think about the Stoics, episode 8. I like that. Stick together, maybe not so much. Perhaps more metaphorically rather than physically. <laughs> yeah, some people are spreading rumors of martial law and anarchy. Wait, are they worried about anarchy? Um, yeah. Cars lit on fire and windows broken everywhere, looting and madness in the streets. Well, let's all just take a deep breath and focus on anarchy. That is not calming. Isn't it? Wait, what, what do you think anarchy is? What do you think anarchy is? Guess we're about to find out. Hit it! Don't be Aristotle Pie, afraid of knowledge, cause we got our game on lock. Will Vinny Vinny Vici, a mustache of Michi, and we'll never miss the marks, cause I'm also easy then, and this is a podcast You know what you're listening to. Welcome to the show where we believe in the power of philosophy. It can change your life. But we get that philosophy is usually academic and dry. So we're your friendly neighborhood wholesome. And heathen. Here to simplify it for you. Philosophy made accessible. And we try to keep it short. Sometimes he rambles. You're rambling right now. Right, right. So uh, let's break down the word anarchy by looking at... Uh, Before we go breaking down anything, is anarchy an appropriate topic for a philosophy podcast? I mean, that's kind of getting into politics. I guess the question then is, what is philosophy? Love of wisdom. (laughs) Boom. Nailed it again. Right, right. And congrats again. But (laughs) what is that? And what's its purpose? Don't quote me on this, but philosophy is mm, the study of existence and values and questioning everything around us in order to better understand everything. Is philosophy the study of questioning? Ooh, I haven't heard that before, but I love it. The study of questioning. Okay, and what's politics? A big corrupt snore fest. (laughs) All right, let me change the question. What is politics supposed to be? Mm, um, a system of governance that... But what's governance? I I swear, I'm not trying to be an an annoying little kid, but Mm. I'm trying to dig to a root. Okay, all right. Uh, Governance is a system of, well, I can't say governing, but controlling a population? Uh, Not necessarily of nefarious control, but I guess laws are a form of control, and and that makes me sound punk rock, so so yeah, I'm going to stick with that answer. Okay, laws are a form of control. Yeah. Okay, I would say governance and politics is about making decisions about the betterment of group of people perhaps for sure Uh, the laws are to make society and everyone better off yeah but how do we make those decisions how do we select certain traits to value how do we decide what better means no i get it you're gonna say politics is philosophy hey i'm i'm not the one saying it but political philosophy is a big branch of philosophy i mean you're the one who just said it (sighs) 
I'm not the one establishing it, but political philosophy is a big branch of philosophy. <laughs> All right, I'll take it. Uh, you were saying about anarchy? Yeah, so uh, let's, let's look at anarchy, that word, by looking at the word monarchy. I'm no etymologist, but more or less I know it comes from the Greek word monarchia. The first part, mon, like mono or one, and the archaea or archi is the part that talks about the ruler. Oh, right, okay, but were the Greeks using centimeters or inches back then? <sighs> oh, okay, they were on another system altogether. I, I got it. I, I'm going to guess that's the one. Just go ahead, continue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, monarchy is the rule of one. Now, if you add an A or an to the front of a word, it negates it. Oh, amoral. Asymptomatic. Anemic. Anecdotal. Anarchy. Yes, exactly. So with anarchy or anarchia, we're keeping that same ending, but changing the front. And now we get a word that means having no ruler or basically an absence of government. That seems quite different from the anarchy examples I prepared for this episode. What anarchy examples have you prepared? Mm, let's wait, I can still hear him barking. <laughs> what anarchy examples have you prepared? He can he can hear me. <laughs> Bark him down, man. You establish dominance. Bite his ear. Bite his ear, is that a thing? Bite his ear. I saw it in Snow Dogs with um, Cuba Gooding Jr., and that's everything I know about dogs now. Are you sure you're not thinking of Mike Tyson? No. That's well, that's how you establish dominance and also get kicked out of boxing. <laughs> I still can't believe he did that. What a crazy thing to do. <sighs> I'd do it. By your ear right now, establish dominance. Covered by headphones. You can't see my ear. And if you can't see it, does it exist? All right, Schrodinger, chill out. Relativism. <laughs> okay. Mother of mercy. <laughs> I swear I heard like. <laughs> I think. He sensed me breathe in to, to speak, and he was like, oh, my chance. Okay. That seems quite different from the anarchy examples I prepared for this episode. What anarchy examples have you prepared? <laughs> Holy... <laughs> on the back of Socrates. No, 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 my friend. We're here to talk about philosophical and political anarchy, not the modern definition of just chaos and disorder. Oh, okay. Well, that sounds a lot more civil. The actual meaning of anarchy is living without government or outside authority. That's all it really is. We're born into modern society and molded by it from day one. We don't really know anything besides our governments. I mean, we've read about other governments around the world and throughout history, but it's kind of like an anchoring bias. This is what we're used to, and it's hard to think of a different existence. But anarchy is actually the most natural state of being. Whoa. Y you mean in nature there is no government? There is no man holding you down. Exactly. Government, any government, good or bad, is inherently artificial. Radical. <laughs> it, it definitely can come off as a radical viewpoint. Because it's so outside what we're used to, and also because we generally like living under government, but it's not wrong. 
So are anarchists saying without a government, there's actually no one to hold you down or oppress you? As a simple answer, yes. Oppression comes in many forms, so anarchy fights back in many forms. But that's the gist of it. Yeah, short episode today. Good work. No. no. Okay, well, walk me through some of these forms of anarchy. Yeah, well, I try. Um, <laughs> the way I've heard it, an anarchist is kind of like a fish, whereas anarchist theory is like the ocean. So fish live all over the ocean, and there are lots of schools of fish, lots of different kinds of fish, and they like different things. Some fish live in and love coral reefs, but lots of fish don't. So... Anarchists are the same way. Here are a few schools of anarchism. Wait, wait. An- anarchish? Oh, my God. An- anarchish? Go-, go ahead. You-, you can go now. I give you permission. <laughs> so there's anarcho-syndicalism, which thinks the wage system and private ownership of the means of production lead to different economic classes and division. And this is actually what the Marxists say as well, and I'm not entirely sure the difference between the two, but... That's anarcho-syndicalism. All right. There's anarcho-feminism, which brings anarchy and feminism together in their belief that oppression comes from the patriarchy and that gender roles are what lead to an artificial hierarchy. Okay. And so um, so they try to fight against that. Then there's green anarchism, which aims to fight against exploitative and unsustainable environmental practices to bring about a more sustainable society. Uh, okay, uh, that one could be kind of like Poison Ivy's goal from Batman. Uh, she's all about using her powers to protect the environment and endangered species, and, you know, that sort of deal. All I really know about Poison Ivy is sexy vines. Heathen, I, I hate to tell you this. I thought you knew. Um, vine closed down years ago. Went under. Sorry. It's all TikTok now. That's it. It's official. I am canceling our friendship. <laughs> After you tell me more about Poison Ivy, you know which vines I meant. <laughs> right. Right. Of course. Okay. So she straight up controls plant life. Batman is at odds with her from time to time. Hey, and very much not at odds with her from time to time. Eh? Eh? Yes, yes. You're right. Sometimes she's a love interest, but... Her goal is not nearly as nefarious as some of her more traditionally evil colleagues. She can just feel the pain of the plants and thinks plants deserve to take the world back. Oh, what a literal tree hugger. <laughs> but she's usually a little bit more violent in her methods to restore nature, if I remember correctly. Uh, yeah, yeah, sometimes. But sometimes it's just on accident. She can just help plant life grow within a very short time frame and... Flooding a concrete jungle with an actual jungle kind of causes tons of chaos. Yeah, that's what a penguin does too, right? He tries to bring penguins back as a dominant species. Uh, They were never a dominant... You're messing with me, right? So more types of anarchy. There's There's anarcho-pacifism, which says it's nations, not individuals, that create violence in the world. And so it advocates against that and... I mean, they're not entirely wrong. So, actually, Henry David Thoreau, the famous American writer and transcendentalist, was actually a huge figure in anarcho-pacifism. And get this, both Gandhi and Martin Luther King Jr. pointed to him directly as an influence in their nonviolence. And that's, like, what they're all about. That's what they're known for. So, I hope now all this isn't sounding quite as crazy as it did in the beginning. Mm, good point. 
And uh, let's go on. There's um, there's anarcho-capitalism, which advocates for truly free markets without government regulation. Oh, so is that like the, uh, what's it called? Master hand? Crazy hand? Um, I'm pretty sure that's the bass bottle. <laughs> <laughs> the bass bottles? <laughs> it's what you feed uh, baby fish with. I'm pretty sure those are the boss battles in super smash brothers uh maybe you're thinking of the free hand yes yes free hand that right so yeah that's adam smith um and yeah capitalism does need some regulation to work and that's good we'll have you know like positive and negative externalities that need to be fixed through regulation but anarcho-capitalism says we don't need it we'll just figure it all out ourselves we don't need regulation oh well that's helpful well maybe they're saying that if some product is dangerous or harmful to people yeah that sucks but people will stop purchasing it like eh, someone might die but then everyone else will figure it out it'll regulate itself good point and they actually think putting down additional regulations is unnecessary oppressive and it limits the government you know so they're saying we don't need like a Food and Drug Administration, we don't need any of that. We'll just be okay on our own. That's what an anarchist would say. I mean, they are quite literally a school of anarchism. So, <laughs> yes, you are right. <laughs> um, there's even there's even a Christian anarchism. They argue that there's only one true source of authority, that being their god, of course. So they reject human governments having authority over people, man. I mean, that kind of makes sense, too. Huh, okay. That's pretty unique. Uh, so what binds all these different schools together? Is, is it their belief that, what, government is bad? Close, very close. Think about that one just a little bit more. These schools of thought aren't all fighting for the same thing, but they are all fighting against the same thing. Mm. Oppression? Yeah. Power? Bingo, yes, yes. Ah. Anarchy has a beef with power and authority. I mean, if we think about it, it's all unnatural, isn't it? Say, I don't know, Bob was born in the U.S. and grew up having a good old normal life. And did the whole got married, had a few kids, bought some stuff, retired to Florida, and died thing, you know? <laughs> Jeez, man, that's bleak. Oh, or is it just very, very real wholesome? I mean, maybe for some people. Heck, that could be the dream. I don't know. <sighs> you just, you gotta live authentically, my people. Just... Don't let society dictate your life. Don't let it get you down. You have to be your own person. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I think we can touch on all of those deep, deep feelings in another episode. Sorry. Sorry, sorry. I got a little bit excited there. <laughs> great. Great. Glad to see it. Um, Let's get back to Bob. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. So Bob. Bob is, uh, he's fine. He's living in the society he was born and he's all good. He's he's Gucci, I think the kids would say these days. <laughs> they would. <laughs> but but then there's also Talon. Ooh, okay, Talon. See, Talon was also born in the good old US of A. Same day, actually. Same neighborhood as Bob. But Talon isn't happy with the default of his society. Why? That's irrelevant. He's just not about it. So if he wants to live a different life, can he? Yeah, you do you, Talon, you trailblazer. But there are all sorts of restrictions placed on him. Like what? All right, so uh, say Talon has a place where his 
mailbox is out on the street, you know, the kind where you have to like leave the house, you have to go walk to it and get the mail. So that's perfectly normal. Um, if he wants to walk naked to it, he's not allowed to. Why would he want to walk naked in public? Uh, I'm often facetious, but uh, but this time when I say it doesn't matter why he wants to, I'm actually, I'm not being coy. <laughs> For the situation, it doesn't matter if he has a good reason, a poor reason, or any reason at all, really. He is, however, limited in his freedom to do so, isn't he? Well, yeah, but that's because he's not alone in public. He can't do whatever he wants. Yes, again, exactly, right there. He can't do whatever he wants. That's where the issue starts. So say he buys his own property and has his own house on it, and he wants to add a couple rooms to his own house on his own property. Can he? Sounds like he's doing well in life. Good on talent. Sure he can. Wrong. <laughs> he has to file paperwork with the local government first. Get approval, incur an increase in property taxes. There's a whole thing to it. Well, sure, yeah, and that sounds annoying, but he can still do it. But even on his own property, in his own dwelling, removed from other people, he's not free to do whatever he wants. Say Talon gets fed up entirely with government and moves to the middle of an uninhabited forest somewhere and constructs a log cabin. He's living his best Abraham Lincoln life, and he <laughs> wants to live just completely off the grid. Can he? Eh, I haven't studied property law, but I imagine he has to buy the land first. And even then, in the remotest environment, taking nothing from society, Talon still has to abide by the laws of the government. He has to pay taxes. He is a subject and not a fully free man. Mm, yeah, I think I'm starting to see uh, where Talon's coming from here. He just wants to be able to exist without some other oppressive authority dictating so much of his life, whether or not he directly does anything where that dictation comes into play. I'm thinking that it would almost be easier to live an anarchist lifestyle if you are already isolated from society. Is there anybody who kind of already lives off the grid like that? Ooh, ooh uh, Diogenes? Ooh, interesting. I'm not sure that Diogenes exactly fits it. Mm, yeah, I think you're right. I, I think he's more of a troll than a hermit. But he does have that feeling of a dude who isolates himself and lives off in the woods. I'm looking for the classic hermit living on the mountaintop thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, uh, that'd be easy. It'd be a little bit less of a conflict. Um, kind of like a turtle. Oh, right! Yeah, like the turtle hermit, Master Roshi from Dragon Ball Z. He lives off on his own island, does his own thing, trains weirdos who show up at his place, and generally doesn't get bothered by society unless society is trying to literally end the world. Hmm, well, not being alive does somewhat limit your ability to be anarchic. <laughs> yes, true. Might be wise of him to learn to throw fireballs and stuff. Yeah, and whether it's some pink dude who turns people to chocolate or a governmental entity, Master Roshi doesn't want you messing with his freedom. <laughs> exactly. So, anarchism, anarchists, and Master Roshi all believe <laughs> yes. government, and Talon, believe government is inherently oppressive. So, how does anarchism propose to fix the system? And that's kind of where you come to a bit of a critique of anarchism. Theoretically, anarchists would say there should be no organized government and no hierarchy or authority outside our will. So you and I can create an idyllic philosophical society and uh, do as we please. Mm -hmm. And Lauren is free to live with us or go chill with Talon or do her own thing. Everyone is fully free and no one is oppressed. And that works pretty well in small communities. Yeah, I can imagine a self-sustained little village somewhere. Sounds cozy. But 
What if Lauren instead rounds up a few of her friends and comes to attack our beautiful philosophical paradise? Because, uh, ooh, we've got the best orange juice around. Oh, no, she won't. I will defend that orange juice with my life. Yeah, um, we can't call the cops because there are no cops. We can't call in the cavalry because there is no army unless we build one ourselves. Everyone is fully free, sure, but that also comes with some downsides. So does anarchy just not account for crime? Um, it does, but it's not the easiest thing to understand. So anarchists say that crime only exists because oppressive governments exist. That seems like a bit of a cop-out. I mean, it's kind of like what a lot of social movements are saying these days, that crime isn't just in and of itself a thing, it's because of the system that we live in, all the outside forces and influences and pressures. Think of it this way. If property doesn't exist, does theft exist? Wait, that... No, no, no. Oh. <laughs> uh, hold on. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, okay, no, no, no. That's stupid. All right. I mean, if the concept of property doesn't exist and you come to take my shovel, you're still stealing my shovel. It's not a crime, I guess, by this definition, but I'm still shovelless. Has, have you experienced a shovel-related crime? You sounded very passionate. You are bringing up some massive PTSD right now, and I need you to dial it back a notch. You should have picked any other. But see, the thing is, you're still thinking of it as your shovel. It's just a community shovel. Maybe I took it because I needed it and you weren't using it. But, but what if somebody takes it just because? Theoretically, someone could take it just to be an a-hole, sure, but... Does that mean they're not a hole? What? You, you, <laughs> you said they're an a-hole, and a means not, like we discussed earlier at the beginning of the episode. So, so you're saying they're not a hole. Uh, maybe you need to close your hole. Your pie hole, that is. The point I'm trying to make is that we need to shift our thinking about why theft exists in our world and whether those conditions would still exist in this anarchic community. All right. It's hard to fully wrap my mind around, but I think I see what you're getting at. But yeah, you know, I, I think we the people tend to see the Joker as the ultimate symbol of anarchy. In The Dark Knight, Joker straight up says, introduce a little anarchy upset the established order, and everything becomes chaos. I'm an agent of chaos. He says this right before he, you know, gives a guy a gun and blows up a hospital. You know, that was a creepily good rendition. <laughs> thank you, thank but, you. But, uh, yeah, that is generally the kind of stuff that gives poor old anarchy a bad rap. I will agree that somehow, for some reason, I can't quite put my finger on rooting for the philosophy touted by guys who blow up hospitals Feels a little tough to root for. Hmm. We talked about crime like theft. That's about a uh, that's about a thing about property. But what about crime against people, like murder? More up the Joker's alley. So it's kind of like what I was saying about modern social movements. We can't just focus on one aspect or just one symptom alone. Murder and crime in general are the results of the system we live in. It's a systematic thing. It's bigger than just that action. I'm going to put aside serial killers who just get off to killing. That's few and far in between. But anarchists say in their system, there wouldn't be a need to kill. That sounds pretty idealistic, but I guess I get what they're going towards. You're wholesome. 
You're supposed to stand for these sorts of ideals. <laughs> no, no, I, I get what they're saying. And it's not the philosophy's fault when people think of anarchy as a violent ideology. It's the fault of those who misinterpret it. Oh, yeah, kind of kind of like feminism. Some people mistake feminism for the man-hating radical fringe elements, but feminism is just about equality. It's about women's rights, for sure, but because of equality, it's nothing more. That's a, that's a pretty good comparison. Anarchy is often combined with violence in many people's minds because of some famous cases. Guy Fox might be um, a famous one, and he's often synonymous with anarchy these days, actually. But that doesn't even make sense. You know this one, right? Oh, absolutely. I love talking about this. Most people think Guy Fox was a visionary and a revolutionary who wanted to free England from the tyranny of its government. We all know that he plotted to blow up Parliament, but what a lot of people don't realize is that he wanted to blow up Parliament and replace a Protestant king with a Catholic one. He wasn't trying to free everyone, he was just trying to change one government for another. Sorry, Anonymous. Yeah, and uh, because we get a lot of our understanding of the world simply from what we see around us, we unfortunately equate anarchism with violence. And I will admit that classically, anarchists have been more militant. There were assassinations, no doubting that. Uh, actually, William McKinley, the 25th president of the United States, was assassinated by a self-proclaimed anarchist back in 1901. The dude had a bunch of other issues, but I cannot deny he called himself an anarchist. But we've got to also remember that a vocal minority doesn't necessarily represent the majority in any school of thought. Mm, right. So... That's the anarchy that people have in their heads. But honestly, violence doesn't even make sense with anarchism. Uh, Leo Tolstoy, that's a pretty famous name, is one of the most famous authors of all time, and also an anarchist. He said that anarchy is by definition opposed to coercion and force. Anarchism is all about individuals being able to freely exist and exercise their liberties, deciding what to do without the coercion of violence, from an authority or government, right? Mm. So you see how using violence contradicts the pursuit of freedom from coercion? So violent anarchism is just enforcing your belief system on another's, which is inherently anti-anarchist? Or is that just archist? Ah, uh, yes, archist. Just a ruler. <laughs> right. Uh, but without a form of government or a unifying force, it seems like the only way to exert your beliefs is through violence like in V for Vendetta. And you know, that's one of my all-time favorite movies. But it does do a disservice by making people think Guy Fox was an anarchist. The character V in that movie was an anarchist, but the mask he wore isn't the same thing. Mm, not an anarchist because of the violence, right. But also because he was uh, Guy Fox. I mean, was just trying to replace government with different government. <laughs> well, but how else are you supposed to get folks on board with a philosophy that sounds so intense and has all these connotations? I'm not surprised it goes that way. And therein lies another one of the main hurdles for anarchy. Enforcing your opinion or belief system would be un-anarchist, and you couldn't force any of your fellow believers in any real way to influence more established government systems into your line of thinking. Um, it's not inherently antisocial, but it's not as cohesive as traditional political systems. Mm. Also, I imagine every government would fight back against something trying to lessen their own power. Anarchy is trying to tear down the system, and the system is going to fight back. So, does anarchy have a founder, then? 
most of these other philosophies have like a focal guy. Well, that's interesting because I would say everything besides anarchism would need a founder, right? Anarchy is just the state of nature. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess that wouldn't make any sense. You can't be the leader of what essentially is just the base state of being, huh? Right, right. And in a way, I think anarchism itself would appreciate not having a leader. Yeah, because you are your own leader. Yeah, that sounds pretty punk. So, in just a sentence or two, two try to sell me on anarchy. Okay, okay, I think I got this. <clears throat> anarchy is uh, the most natural state of being. Anarchy is about freedom. Boom. Nailed it. I love it. All right. Well done. Uh, well done. Both way more difficult and way easier to wrap my head around than I thought it would be. Anarchy. <laughs> Period. <laughs> well, uh, okay. So, what uh, what are you thinking for next episode, oh, oh genius? Ooh. Ooh, too much, too much. But you're right, flattery is the way to my heart, so go on. <laughs> um, well, okay, so we talked about how this is the state of nature, just no government. But, uh, I mean, governments have issues, but most people probably prefer living in a government rather than in state of nature, so... Why don't we talk about... Governments have issues? You're yeah. just making stuff up. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> so why don't we talk about um, how we develop a government or how we decide what's best. Ooh, uh, let's talk about the social contract theory. I don't even know what that is, which... If you tune in next time, you'll find out. Ah, that's a good hook. All right, I'm in. Let's do this. All right. Wholesome and heathen do not endorse revolutionary uprisings to violently overthrow democratic governments for the sake of enforcing an anarchist worldview. They do, however, endorse living as a hermit and learning to harness your chi in such a way as to unleash a fireball, because that is awesome. Tell us what you can use your chi to unleash at wholesomeandheathen.com.